Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. weekend review the season's almost open open over rather it's definitely not open anymore uh my name's chris and joining me as ever it's dave how are you sir hello hello yes i'm good thank you how are you uh, not too bad not too bad had better weekends uh to be fair um, yeah the, the, the suffering is nearly over <laughs> it is <laughs> uh so it's about so if there's what two weekends left in the season that means there's what about four weekends till the next season well, I think we're waiting for the magic date, aren't we? But I think it'll be about that, won't it? I can't imagine it being too long, considering like Scotland have announced their results, haven't they? And it's practically like the same time frame. Yeah, I guess they they haven't come back to play though, but yeah, uh, but yeah won't be long. I cannot imagine it taking very long. Uh, uh, an almost full weekend of football. We're recording just as the tenth uh, Premier League game is taking place, uh, so we'll include any interesting tidbits from Manchester United Southampton uh, uh, towards the end I imagine. Uh, So the weekend started in style with Norwich needing a win to stay in the Premier League. (laughs) Good luck with that. Uh, Taking on fellow strugglers West Ham at Carrow Road. Uh, Mikel Antonio hit his first uh, career hat-trick in senior football uh, and then promptly added a fourth against a Norwich team that really didn't look like they had anything to offer at all. No, I mean this... (laughs) When you say they needed to win the steal, I mean they needed to win every game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've read the record since the restart is someone like scored one and conceded fifteen or sixteen or you know a lot. Seven uh, losses in a row now. Yeah, they're. Um, they, I think we spoke about them being you know potentially the the best bottom of the league side we've ever had, but uh, that's very much gone to the dogs, hasn't it? Over the last yeah. few weeks, they've been atrocious since the restart, and whether that's once they lost that first game, I think it was to Southampton, I think maybe they realised that the writing was on the wall and it's been slowly downhill ever since, but uh, you can't argue them being relegated. They were they were bad here, like very bad here, but they've not been great for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, no no team has been relegated more times than Norwich now. It's their fifth relegation from the Premier League. Wow. You know, I didn't realise they'd been in the Premier League that many times. I remember them being like, obviously one of the original members. The, the, the days of like, Jeremy Goss and and, yeah. and, all, and all that uh, but yeah f- five relegations I remember there was a time when West Brom went up and down a few years because uh, obviously the parachute payments and stuff made it uh, an attractive business model to go up and come down again uh, but yeah generally didn't realise Norwich had been relegated that much uh, I believe they play Man City in midweek so the um, they no, got the record against them <laughs> the, the last game is Man City I think oh, is it their um, last game? Oh, okay. yeah I mean you know that's a uh... That's going to be ugly, I think. Um, it's nothing really good to say about Norwich. I mean, West Ham beat what was in front of them, which wasn't very much. Um, 
my question to you is, is Mikel Antonio like the worst player ever to have scored four Premier League goals in a game? See, I like Antonio. The oh, only I mean, thing about him is I just don't know what he is. Well, exactly. He's 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 a he's a nice bloke, and he's you know he's a decent footballer. But I think we said before, like he's all like technique one, <laughs> and all yeah. the physical stats are twenty. Yeah. Like it's, he, it's... he was kind of gifted the goals, and it does show like how short West Ham are in the, the striker department. Uh, but he plays up front and he scores. You know, his his goals to game ratio at the moment is better than most of his colleagues. Yeah, but I mean you got. League. I mean, he doubled his tally for the season here, which sounds impressive, but when you go from four to eight, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, talking about that, though, um, West Ham actually look... You know, they had multiple chances. So Antonio opened the scoring, like, uh, like the 10th, 11th minute, and it wasn't their first attack. Like, West Ham had had three or four attacks at that point, and they seemed to, like, the highlights seemed to be uh, West Ham attacking constantly. Is that a sign that West Ham are improving? Because obviously their fans are a bit disgruntled at the moment. Or is it just that Norwich really had given up the ghost? I think Norwich had given up the ghost. But as you say, West Ham had to go and win the game. They couldn't just sit back and expect it to happen. So I think fair play to them for you know, going for the, the throat when they had the chance. Yeah. Um, I think they've got Watford next week or Friday, whenever it is. And that's if they win that, they're safe, I would say. So they've, yeah. they've kind of been masters of their own destiny here and, and taking it on. Apparently Norwich, their starting lineup in this game was practically the same starting lineup that started their last championship game. Yeah, I think that says it, it all. It showed really, didn't it? And but it, I guarantee it won't be the lineup that starts their next championship. I imagine several of these players, as we've spoke about a few times, will be uh, looking for new homes, so to speak. Although yes. the way they're going out with a bit of a, without a whimper at the moment, you know, Max Aaron's has been quiet for the since the. Since well, not just since the restart, but I'd probably say we haven't heard much about him since the beginning of the year. Well, that's it. I mean, players like Jamal Lewis, I think we've we've all been quite impressed by him. But he's a left back. I mean, what can you do if you? It's hard to shine as a left back, and the best of Tetler when he played for bottom of the league. So I wouldn't read too much into it. I think the um, the likes of Lewis and Aaron's and Cantwell. Um, and I think Ben Godfrey, the centre back, will probably get moves. Um, the rest, I say, like Pookie, I think, is a, is a championship level striker, really. I think he had a bit of a purple patch yet. I've seen very little to disagree with that other than, you know, the first few weeks of the season when he was on fire, but it's kind of fallen apart from since then. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is West Ham's first away win this year. I know there's been a three month period. Uh, where there's been no football, but I didn't quite realise their form was quite that bad. Yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. I mean, as you say, we kind of forget how bad some of these teams are when when you don't. Uh, they're all down there for a reason. Yeah, definitely. Uh, on to the next game on Saturday then, Dave. Uh, sorry. Uh, Watford did their survival hopes the power of good, just like West Ham did. Uh, by coming away with a 2-1 win against Newcastle. Uh, Spud faced Deeney getting two penalties. Mm. Um, Dwight Gale, though, did con- uh, continue his hot scoring streak uh, with his third goal since the restart uh, and his only three goals of the season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't see this coming, to be fair. Especially if you clearly rested players for this game. I tell you, I also didn't see it coming. Southampton have just scored. Um, oh, okay. My streams. Are, I've just seen Martial oh, miss the well, chance. Well, I'm surprised a minute. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, with this, 
Um, we kind of had the worst case scenario in that Watford kind of need the points and we really don't. So we played all right for the first half, took the lead, were worthy of that lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whatever happened at half time, Watford scored within what five minutes of the restart through a penalty, which yeah. looked a bit soft, but probably was a foul. And uh, from there, we shot ourselves in the foot again. I mean, you know, you say Watford did this foul charge, no harm, but we gifted them this game. You can't give away two penalties in a game. Like, who does that against Watford? <laughs> yeah, you had plenty of chances as well, like Newcastle, like San Maximan missed, missed a couple. Um, you know, I know Welbeck had an effort cleared off the line early doors, but there wasn't, there wasn't that much from Newcastle in this game. Uh, not from, from Newcastle, from Watford rather. No, exactly. That's why it's really disappointing uh, to to lose. I mean, if you draw these games, you go well. You know, it's a point away from home, but to gift a team two penalties and then obviously lose, it's uh, it's hard to take. I'm pleased it didn't matter to us particularly, um, mm-hmm. but just another reminder that we're really not very good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you you guys are safe, I suppose. Uh, talk of Sam Maximan being targeted by uh, several clubs. Now, do you you guys have him or is he on loan? No, he's a, yeah, we actually bought him. We actually did buy him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised he's attracting interest from other clubs. I mean, our, our win ratio with him and without him is embarrassing. It's something like 80% when he's playing and uh, something like 10% when he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like 100%, but it's late. I can't do maths. Um, it's, uh, it's really not good. But if you were looking to buy him, you'd look at his you know goals and assist record. Mm-hmm. It's not that impressive. That's what um, I mean. He's, he, he he's, he's good. To, me as, a, as a top level player at the moment, he's very good to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he's only going to get better. It's his first season in the Premier League. Don't forget as well. So, um, and you have to say he's got better as it's gone on. Mm-hmm. You look, you look at the player we've got now compared to the player we had at the start, and he's always been exciting. But he has added, you know, goals and assists in the last uh, since the restart, especially. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I hope we keep hold of him. I'm excited to see what he can bring, but. Uh, I'm not too worried about. I saw like PSG link with him, um, and Spurs. I mean, he couldn't be any less of a Mourinho player if he wanted to be. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I don't think PSG will be fishing in this particular pond right now. I think they can get probably better. Yeah, there's, there's talk that Arsenal are interested, but like, God, he's the most Arsenal player ever, isn't he? <laughs> uh, I don't see anything coming of that. I think it's just yeah, he's that quick attacking player, so he gets linked up the clubs that, like you've mentioned, the PSGs and the Spurs, who always get linked with quick attacking players. If he can play wide right, he's always going to be linked with Arsenal and Spurs, because Spurs just buy wide right players and then put <laughs> them on the halfway line, and, and Arsenal just yeah get linked with anyone who can't cross a ball. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, 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 he seems entrenched in the local area. He's got, he got quite involved with the community and yep. stuff ever since he's been there as well. So yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to see him stay and, and you know, kind of in the same way Troy is at Wolves, you mm. know, uh, kick on and, and, and see what's next for him because there are, so when he first came, he was a bit, you know, clumsy, uh, but he, he has shown that there's definitely something there. So it'd be really interesting. Um, Apparently, your takeover will be completed this week, according to reliable source Richard Keyes. Well, if Richard Keyes has it, then you know Richard Keyes will will be right. But um, I mean, I hope he's right. I don't like Richard Keyes, but um, that's probably offside. Rashford's just scored. Yeah, he's offside. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, I hope it goes. Dave. <laughs> I hope it goes through. Um, and the thing with Richard Keyes is that he actually is based out there, so. Mm-hmm. Whether that makes him any more reliable or not, I don't know. Considering it sits with the Premier League, apparently. Does he but... work for the company? That is it. That being sports. 
Yeah, so they've been desperately trying to stop us. Whether they've been told, you know, it's going ahead, um, it's possible. I'd, you know, I'd say there's probably more of a link there than uh, a lot of the other people who've claimed had inside sources on this. But it's been going on for so long, like it's 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 almost ridiculous that it's. I think it was pretty much when lockdown was uh, was just kicking in that this whole takeover thing started to really gather some momentum. Yeah. Comedy was sat here in the middle of July and it still hasn't gone through. Yeah, all, like, all, it, been, it all been rejected. It's like you know, one or the other by now. I would have thought, but. It's vital that it happens in the next two weeks because, as you said earlier, it's going to be a fairly short pre-season. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we've got money to spend in this market, we're never going to get a better opportunity to uh, to, to, to basically buy our way up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think many clubs are going to have, we're going to be willing to, to risk the cash. Yeah. Um, whereas we presumably will have it to burn. <laughs> um, I suppose that's one thing that, that I know they probably don't, well, they, and again, they probably will be in the FA and stuff like that, but Something that if that takeover goes through, it could kickstart the transfer window. Because if Newcastle goes splashing the, the money, um, that gives other clubs money to spend. Yeah. Uh, and then suddenly the transfer window kicks in, and everyone's re re-energized. It's everyone gets excited mm. for the two weeks of the transfer window that will be or whatever. Um, so it, it it's kind of in the interest to keep the money flowing through the game, I suppose. Well, yeah, it depends who we're going to buy, though. I mean, if. We're not going to start raiding the top clubs for their players. Maybe they're cast-offs, yes, but I mean, are we going to start pillaging, you know, sort of the mid-table clubs? I don't know. Like it, it's you just don't know, do you? Well, you know, we've just spoken about Norwich. You could. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, you know, there's talk that Pochettino will be the manager, and that changes everything. If you get a a manager like him in, go and sign Cantwell and Ben Godfrey quite happily you know that that would improve us under the right manager mm. um but without turning this into a bruce bashing session you buy players under him and you know you're not it's not gonna be the best for their careers i wouldn't I have said imagine if someone gave steve bruce 200 million pounds well i know i know that's the scary thing and it'd be like, like right, 200 players well you just buy robert snodgrass like 200 times <laughs> it'd just be the most lopsided transfer window of all time i, like, I kind of like steve bruce to, to a degree but, oh i mean yeah, I, I i i don't dislike wanna, him if you want to kick on he's, he's not what you want no i don't dislike him as a person like i hated pardew and I've hated Steve McLaren and a few other managers because they were just clueless and they, they didn't seem to realise how clueless they were. I get the impression Bruce knows what he is and what he can do, and he's doing it. And it's not really his fault that you know the circumstances for for, for any manager aren't great with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't. I know he didn't have to take the job, but if the club you support came in for you, you would probably take it, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've, you've, you've got to you've got to back yourself. You're not going to turn around and go, well. I'm not a very good manager. I'll probably do more harm. Yeah, than good. especially at his stage of his career as well. He was never going to turn it down, and he's done better than I thought he would. Um, we haven't been good to watch, and we weren't great to watch under Raf, but we've been a special kind of turgid under him. Um, he's tried to play football a bit since about February, and the results have probably reflected that. We've taken some some poor results, but we have you know won some games we might not have done otherwise. So he's done, you know, a solid. Six, seven out of ten. That's fine. Um, if Ashley stays, Christ knows. I mean, you may as well keep him. Like, it doesn't matter who's in charge. I, I've kind of come back to that realization with with this board. Um, but if Ashley goes, you want someone better in charge with some money to spend. Ashley must be desperate for the it all to go through because obviously the valuation of the club is going to be significantly lower now uh, after the pandemic. Um, 
So he's not he's not going to get that type of offer again for a while, is he? Well, no, that's uh, this is it. I mean, he's, any sort of you know renegotiation would uh, would um, take all sorts of sorting out. It's um, not even worth thinking about what, what would happen because it it's no way it would happen over the preseason if that uh, if that did happen. Well, hopefully next weekend, Dave, we're sat here talking about Kylian Mbappe in, uh, in the Black Oh, well, I was thinking, thinking watching Gareth Bale have a nap on the Real Madrid bench before. I was like, <laughs> yeah. we, we could give him a good home. <laughs> yeah, he could. Honestly, I would, that would be a different level. But uh, let's not get carried away. Yeah, uh, Champions of Liverpool, then. They continued their Harlem Globetrotters-like tour of the Premier League uh, after winning the title uh, by playing out a 1-1 draw with Burnley. Um, yeah. Uh, Nico Williams got a start, as did Curtis Jones, uh, even though uh, I know Klopp said he wouldn't hand out um, appearances for like there were sweets. Um, but, you know, he's resting players now. I well, Kurt, Curtis, he Jones, I can, Curtis Jones I can totally understand, because centre midfield, uh, we've said before, the centre midfield's not great. Um, they could do with something a bit different in there mm-hmm. to help out Fabinho. Um and I think Curtis Jones has looked exceptionally good in his appearances. Yeah, he looked all right. He looked all good in this game, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, and Williams, I get as well, because they only have two full-backs. And James Milner. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they've released Nathaniel Klein. They probably haven't looked at him to say, well, you know, this kid, he can play both sides. Why go out and buy a right-back and a left-back as backup when he can have this youth prospect mm-hmm. promoted? But didn't they take uh, him off? Well, and he, on Alexander-Arnold, which I didn't get. I mean, he got absolutely rinsed against uh, Brighton. In, the, in that midweek game, I can't remember when that was. All these games come too thick and fast. Yeah. Um, he got rinsed and taken off at half time against them, and they obviously got taken off on what seventy minutes here or something. Um, yeah. I don't really know why. I guess yeah. had know, they conceded. It's, it's, it's a nothing game. Was it before they conceded, or was it? I think it was after. I think. Ah. I've well. got the times of the goal down, but you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna blood the youngsters. You, you, you take a knock in it. They've got Liverpool have got practically nothing to play for. There's no points record they're not going to get. They haven't got well, players the, really chasing the golden boot at the moment. They're a little bit out of it. And I think Allison is in with a shout of the golden glove. Yeah, I think obviously the main thing is the Premier League points record. Um, I don't think they can get it now, though, can they? They can if they win oh, all their. Okay. Hell, it's a good goal. Um, yeah, if they win all their three minimum games, they'll, um, they'll uh, get the record. But Obviously, the 100% home record's gone now, so yeah. um, that's another thing gone. But I think we should, we should really talk about Burnley because we talk about obviously Newcastle having nothing to play for and kind of reflecting the performance. Burnley have had nothing to play for 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 weeks, Se- seasons, <laughs> yeah, for seasons, and they're getting better and better every week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This was a, a real sort of back to the wall performance, um, but they found a goal. Uh, yeah. Jay Rodriguez, who's had some good form recently. In the same way that sort of Bolton used to do under Allardyce when they were at kind of the peak of their powers, um, there was uh, nothing to suggest Burnley should get anything out of this when Nick Pope's making, I think he made some like nine saves. Yeah. Um, but they just hung in and got their goal and, uh, you know, thoroughly deserved. Pope's been fantastic in, in their last couple of games. Yeah, well, I mean, he is England's best goalkeeper. But whether he's England's best goalkeeper passing the ball out or not, it seems to be the, well, the sticking point. Because yeah. um, Pickford had another great game, which we've no doubt come on to. But, 
Yeah, I mean, Paul just gets better and better, doesn't he? Yeah, I did find uh, Klopp's comments uh, that it was basically Liverpool versus Pope. I found them a little bit... I'm, no, I'm not a Burnley fan, obviously, but I, if I was a Burnley fan, I would have found them uh, quite uh, derogatory, to be fair. Uh, I don't know what it is with Klopp at the last couple, the last couple of minutes uh... I've seen of him. I just think you, you've turned into a prick. He has been a bit of a bit of an, uh, a nuisance, like since since they won the league. Obviously, went off it about giving the young players a chance, and then he went off it was the ref here, and a few journalists have copped a few sly digs. And uh, I saw him and it was Andy Robertson having a proper go at the ref at full time as well, which <sighs> I, I just don't get it. Like yeah. they're, they're under the least amount of pressure, you know. He's fucking a saint in that city now. He's done something that no Liverpool manager's done for thirty years. And he's just become a spiky knobhead. He, he's, <laughs> it's, it's like he's he's been reading uh, Jose Mourinho's guidebook. <laughs> yeah, uh, I say Burnley hit the bar with like two minutes to go. They they could have won the game. It's all right yeah. sitting there saying, okay, yeah, Pope made some fantastic saves and Liverpool had all all the play, but you can't sit there and say that that Burnley, you know. Didn't didn't take the game to you. If anything, you know, is he just deflecting at the frustration that his team have been pretty shocking since they won the league? To be fair, as I, I maintain, they don't think they've been very good all season. Uh, but that you say they've done what they need to do. But since 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 they won the league, they have looked uninterested in most of their games, and they didn't have Henderson in this game, and he's usually their driving force. Yeah, I think Henderson. We've all said it. He's improved. Beyond recognition, almost, hasn't he? He was a bit of a joke a few years ago amongst people like us, but uh, you know, he's he's really uh, he's really come into his own. Not just this season, but it's been a steady progression, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just strange. I mean, as I say, with Liverpool, you wouldn't say they've got any um, any individuals in the running for. If you ask me, who was the best player of the season? It's De Bruyne, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't think of a Liverpool player you put on that list. No, and you kind of... I mean, I don't watch them every week like I'm so sure Liverpool fans obviously will, will tell us how wrong I am, but it just seems odd that they've, they've won it by such a such a country mile. It's it's uh, it's hard to explain. Yeah, and you have to be careful because uh, you can't... like Obviously, so when we come on to Man City, Man City have, have dropped more points this season than they have in the last two combined. But you have to be careful talking about that because obviously it sounds like you're trying to devalue Liverpool's title, which I'm oh, not. As I said they have done everything they needed to win the league. Well, that's it. You can only win the games that you can only beat what's in front of you, and if they, don't, if they haven't had to play well to do it, then you know, fair play. Um, you watch Man City, and you, you almost think, Christ, they could get five in every single match they play. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's probably been magnified in behind closed doors games, but they've already, you know, they they, they battered Brighton. Hopefully, we'll come on to that, but. They've battered so many teams, and you just Liverpool kind of sauntered to a, a two-nil win. Um, and I know you're getting no extra points for, for for style, as it were, but uh, you would say Man City play play the best football in the league. But you still get the conversation that this Liverpool team are the best Premier League team in history. Maybe well, they may end up being that in terms of points, but uh, I, I don't. Even, I, I say something that if they get even if they beat the point record, I, I, I'd still say I say they, they they're not even the best team this season in the Premier League. They've just won the league, <laughs> you know, and it's a great achievement. Winning the league isn't easy, and you know, not many cl- many clubs can do it, not many managers can do it. Um, but they are very much to me like some of the latter 
Alex Ferguson teams. You know, that you wouldn't if you you wouldn't if you looked at Darren Fletcher as a footballer and didn't know who he was, you and then someone turns to you and says he's won X amount of winners medals for the Premier League, you'd fucking laugh <laughs> and whatever. You know, it's just the the sum of the parts, isn't it? And, so, and, and that's what you know. Fergie's latter teams did. They literally he pushed them over the line. It seems to be Klopp has this Liverpool team, and you know their fitness levels and everything are, are, are what pushed them over the line. It's not their attractive football. It's it's he's got the perfect players for that system. If some say for example, if it was a system like you've got in Newcastle, where someone else was picking the the signings, that wouldn't work mm. at Liverpool because mm. that system is so integral to to the club. Yeah, well, you're, you're totally right as well. But uh, we talked last week about um, how Liverpool have been fairly fortunate with injuries. Certainly, that, that front three haven't missed too many games between them. Um, you'd be amazed if they went another season without that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Fifty-eight unbeaten at home, though. That's quite a record. No, I mean, I mean, even I mean, when the ground's empty. Yeah, you can't knock it. Though, can you? I mean, that's that's why they've won the league. That's a great home record. I think was it Mourinho went seventy odd with Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a few, isn't it? But yeah, it's, it's an yeah. Insi- ins- insane record. Uh, and this was the first time they've dropped points this season with uh, like one game to go. Yeah, um, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> that, that is abs- absolute madness. Um, Andy Robertson scored his second Premier League goal of the season uh, for a left back. Strangely, both of them have been headers. Yeah, and this was Very a really good. good header, to be fair. Oh, brilliant header! Yeah, yeah. Um... I feel a bit sorry for Andy Robinson sometimes because he doesn't get that much credit compared to Alexander Arnold. Um, but he he just doesn't take as many set pieces as as, as Trent. Um, but I think he's every bit as threatening in uh, in open play. Yeah, no, he, uh, he he bombs forward, doesn't he? Yeah, I, th- completely. I think in the last few weeks, especially since the restart, I think he's been a little bit more reserved in go- not going forward as much. Well, I think he was borderline pissed for the first two or three oh, games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was uh, he, it was some out of character performances from him. <laughs> no, but yeah, he 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 does he does bomb bomb on definitely. Um, the uh, so that was a three o'clock kickoff. The five o'clock. I'm so confused with these kickoffs now because they're all over the shop. Uh, the five o'clock kickoff was uh, Sheffield United uh, chasing European places still, uh, taking on Frank Lampard's Chelsea FC, who are also in the hunt for European places. Uh, Man United and Leicester fans probably enjoyed this game. Uh, Sheffield United coming away 3-0 winners. Uh, I think there's a problem with my notes here, David. It says that David McGoldrick scored twice. <laughs> I know, I couldn't believe it either. Um, I, I don't feel as bad that he scored against us in the FA Cup now. <laughs> I mean, what you would say is that Chelsea were, uh, Sheffield United were absolutely magnificent here. Um, I know we've kind of scoffed at them a bit in, in, in some podcasts, but... They were absolutely spot on with everything yeah. they did here, hundred uh, percent from every player. Um, helped, admittedly, by Chelsea being poor at best. Um, it was like Lampard hadn't paid any attention to how Sheffield United have played all season and just said, "Right, here's what we're going to do." Um, and obviously, Sheffield United just just picked them off, and that's all you'd say. They, they they passed the ball around until they got the chance to put in a decent cross or you know that killer pass, and then took their chances. Um, I know Chelsea made a host of changes at half time to try and mix it up, and it made absolutely no difference whatsoever. Yeah, changed their system, didn't they? Uh, and everything. Well, Lombard and Chelsea just kept lumping in crosses, which I get, I get obviously when you go Giroud on the field, but Sheffield United play three centre halves. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, 
asking a lot for one striker to compete with three. I think he ended up with Giroud and Abraham on. Um, and they had a few headers between them, but nothing to you know terrify about losing the clean sheet over. So it was um, very good from Chris Wilder. Uh, and Lampard, I think, showed his inexperience a little bit, uh, which hasn't really happened that much this season. But uh, I just felt he got beaten by the better manager on the day, which is unusual, but I guess can happen when you're uh, still fairly novice. Chelsea defensively, they were poor, weren't they? They, oh, they were really awful. Poor. Oh, so I, bad. I saw that uh, Willian got a bit of grief because he it was his man uh, that got lost for uh, the McBurney goal. Yeah, it was just a one-two when he just didn't go at all, didn't but, follow. But, but the centre, the, yeah, the centre backs were rigid and and Kepa, like yeah. how he is a seventy-two million pound goalkeeper. I know, sack that scout immediately, but. That's what I'm saying, though, like, Chef United, you know what they're going to do. They're going to try and play these little give-and-goes and get down the sides. They've got the wing-backs over, sorry, the centre-backs overlapping. They've got two wing-backs. Um, and they've got two fairly large strikers who they want to hit. It's not easy to stop, but you've got to you know, at least, you know, play the game. And uh, I think Chelsea just thought, ah, you know, we're, we're the better footballers. We'll just do our thing and it'll be fine. Uh, uh, and it really wasn't. Jorginho didn't do his uh, selection hopes any good. This was his first start since the restart. Um, I don't think I even noticed him playing. I was going to say, did he start? I didn't know. Yeah, he um, got, him and Abraham came in for Chelsea. I saw uh, that Gilmore's been off for surgery, which is a shame for him, but um, kind of might not be the worst thing. Cause he, I'm assuming going to hold off against, was it Leicester? Yeah. I just think it's a lot to ask for a 17-year-old to be thrust into a Champions League qualification battle. Um, you know, I think he might, he might do well to come back another day. Um, but yeah, Jorginho, do you think his time's numbered at Chelsea? Yeah, I, uh, don't, I don't think Lampard fancies him at all. I think it's just because he Gilmore being out that the only reason he got a, got a call up there. Strange though, because early on in the season they had Jorginho playing quite well. They had quite a good little link with Abraham going, where they were kind of you know spinning that ball in behind quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to have totally dried up. I mean, Abraham's form is fallen off a cliff a bit as well but uh, yeah it's um, it's encouraging for Chelsea that they've obviously already signed two very very good players um, but does that have a negative effect on players wondering you know will I even be here next season do I care if we get in the Champions League that's the thing you've got to look now because yes he's in a position where they're fighting for a European place uh, but they're you know with the potential short pre-season coming up some managers have, have got to use this time now to to look at new systems and stuff because obviously you say uh, Lampard more than anyone has got he's got those two big signings coming in. I don't envision it'll change the way Chelsea set up too dramatically because obviously uh, Zajcek is a replacement for Willian. Uh, uh, Werner maybe might might see if it because he's he's less of a traditional striker. Um, so you know does that play a factor? You know you've got to start looking at. You know, blooding your you Gilmore's who potentially will play more of a role next season, but obviously he's not going to be able to do that now because he's he's injured. So yeah, is it, it will be interesting. Uh, but yeah, Jorginho, he's quite still quite fancied in Italy, isn't he? Uh, so if you're going to try and recoup some money, that's oh, the way you're he, do it. I mean, he's an Italian national. Someone will buy him. In Italy, they don't have any sense of loyalty anyway. So it doesn't matter who he's played for before. He'll go. He'll go to their biggest rivals. It won't be a problem. That's just how it works, isn't it? But. Um, no, I mean, what this did do is it's, um, it's made the uh, 
the battle for the European place is very, very interesting indeed, especially with today's news about Man City. Yeah, Man City getting a slap on the wrist, basically, for being found guilty. No one disagrees that they're guilty, uh, just that they can't be banned from Europe. Yeah, when, when, what they say, that the basically the punishment they cast thought it was too large of a punishment. So my question is why... If they, if they set these rules out, why not have cash check them there and then and then say, well, when if and when this happens, yes, this is fair, or no, this isn't fair. Yeah, because like, it was known what the punishment would be. Exactly. So why do we wait until someone found guilty before we start and start questioning? Is it because not all clubs as big as Man City and can afford the best lawyers? Or it just seems like a, a backward way of doing things. Like, I don't know. I mean, football's knackered, isn't it? <laughs> so many things wrong with it. <laughs> Is practically a joke now, isn't it? So yeah, you can overspend uh, considerably. You can you can you know make your figures look a little bit iffy, and uh, you know worst case scenario you'll get a ten million euro fine. Come on, that, what was that? Your what was your tweet? They got fined half a Dominic Sanke. Yeah, exactly. Uh, puts in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, talking about Man City though, uh, they put their money to good use. Uh, spanking Brighton five 0 on Saturday night. Uh, in quite possibly one of the most entertaining performances they've put in for a while um, Raheem Sterling um, put his entry in for the Pushcast Goal of the Season award uh, by scoring his hat-trick by falling over I mean don't take anything, don't take anything away from Sterling because he played really well and obviously deserved his, his hat-trick but if you conceded that fifth goal like <laughs> you would just give up wouldn't you Like they, what, they, it was a terrible goal to concede I mean, he's fallen over, he's headed, well, he's hit him on the head, hasn't it? He's gone through the goalie's legs, and you've got Dan Byrne, who has seven feet legs, and he, he can't manage to, uh, to to clear it. It was, oh, I mean, dear me. Brighton was shocking. They, they they didn't seem interested in the game at all. Uh, I think they're safe, aren't they? So, absolutely nothing to play for. Well, you say they're safe. I mean, they probably are, but... Um, they're on 36, and obviously the way the other, the other results went, Bournemouth are now within five points of them, Villa within six. Um, Brighton aren't the type of team who go out and just win. You know, they, they have to earn every point they get. Um, just not just because of the way they play, but because that's who they are. You know, they're not a, a top club by any means. Um, might be a bit scary for them if, if they lose their next one and one of Bournemouth and Villa win. All of a sudden, you know, looking over your shoulder, nerves are starting to play a bit of a part. I, mean, I don't think they'll go down, but I don't think they're, they're, they're what you call safe. Yeah, uh, so they've got a lot of plaudits for the way they've played uh, since the restart. You know, they've picked up valuable wins when they've needed to, but I say they they generally did not look interested in this game at all. Um, but so Man City, I didn't realise Man City had lost three away games in a row going into this game as well. Uh, and as I said earlier on, they dropped more points this season now than they have in the last two seasons combined, uh, which is quite telling. Uh, Sterling, though, did uh, take uh, his goal tally to, I believe, 27 in all competitions now, even though he had quite a barren run in the middle, mm. uh, which is more goals than he scored last season. He's, uh, I mean, again, it's another one of those where you know Raheem Sterling's right-footed. And you know when he gets the ball on the left, he's going to cut inside and put it in the bottom corner. And yet, time after time, defenders, for some reason, show him inside. And that was, that was the first goal here. And 
it's obviously very easy to spot, but how do you stop it? I mean, Arjen Robben made a career out of it, obviously on the on the other side, but uh, he, he's still getting better, isn't he? Still, for all you say, he had a bit of a bad of a barren barren run. You know, bad players don't score hat-tricks. I know we drew out Antonio earlier, but you don't get bad bad Premier League hat-tricks. It's, it's, it's just weird with Sterling. Because like, I remember when he was at Liverpool, he was quite possibly the most frustrating player in the world. Uh, and apparently Mikel Arteta is the man that gets the credit for, for doing a lot of work with him um, at, when, he, when he was at Man City. So, you know, I'm hoping that he can take that and, and, and turn some of our players into that sort of player but yeah he's been absolutely phenomenal and yeah he's scoring for fun at the beginning of the season and he's scoring for fun at the end of it um, but yeah uh, Gabriel Jesus scored and Bernardo Silva uh, added the other one in yeah, it was a r- r- routine win for Man City though really <laughs> well I think the word routine but as I was saying before like a routine win to Man City is a 5-0 away from home <laughs> Yeah. like for Liverpool a routine win is you know 2-0 it's you know as I said you get no extra points for style but uh, Man City absolutely dominate teams like it's 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 quite worrying how far ahead they are in some games yeah and, and that's it you know and you, you probably look that they'll probably do some transfer business because Man City always do um, I just, I mean, if I was, if the odds were longer, you would bet on Man City to win the Premier League next year now. Mm. Well, well I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be so keen to put on for Liverpool right now. Yeah. It, it, although it's funny, isn't it? Like, cause obviously, they beat Liverpool comfortably the other weekend. Well, obviously, Liverpool were still on the beach or whatever. Uh, and Sterling came out and said, next season starts here. And then they promptly went and lost to Southampton the next game. <laughs> uh, so, well. it, it, it's strange. Uh, but talking of entertaining teams in the Premier League, Sunday's opening fixture uh, saw Wolves again chasing European football. Uh, although today's decision has probably knocked their Champions League hopes on the head, uh, they came away three 0 winners against Everton, and they made this look easy. The, it was easy, let's be honest. Um, Everton were. I mean, Everton have got a few injuries, let's be honest. Their, their midfield's not a Premier League quality right now. Well, Tom Davis um, is starting, Dave. So. Tom Davis is still starting, yes. Um, there's a lot of uh, youngsters getting a chance, which, you know, is good to see. But um, Everton are a, bit, you know, a club who need the end of the season to come because they're not really playing for a great deal and they're probably mm-hmm. desperate to have a bit of a clean-out. Um, they're... Um, they're not great, <laughs> to put it bluntly. Yeah, uh, that's and, the nicest way. And, and I, I asked the question on Twitter of what's Ancelotti actually done at Everton. Um, I didn't realise how, well, I didn't remember how dire their situation was before he came in. Um, I saw one fan saying that they would have got relegated under Silva, which I doubt. But um, obviously they're nowhere near relegation now, so I guess in that regard he's done a good job. Mm-hmm. Um the hard work for him will, will come next season when he really will be judged on his results. It's the injuries, though, isn't it, that seems to kill them? Because you, sometimes you look at Everton and they get a bit of a run and you think, oh, they, they look this team looks all right. But then suddenly you've got a player out, a key player out injured. Like, uh, obviously, um, Gomez was out for a considerable amount of time. He came back and now he's out injured again. Obviously, you've got Awobi, who's amazing. Uh, he's in and <laughs> out, injured and stuff like that. Uh, Yerry Mina has just come back from injury. And he went off. Did you see him get how he got injured? Uh, 
I don't remember. I saw. I obviously watched the game and saw him go off injured, but I can't so remember what he did. Pickford rolled the ball to him in the six-yard box, right? So, you know, this playing out for the back there. Oh, yes. Premier League, he's now mandated to do. Uh, so, Yerry Mina stands as the centre-back in front of Jordan Pickford, starts doing some step-overs, <laughs> and then plays the ball out to the right-back, and then goes down clutching his thigh. He injured himself. Look look at the highlights. He injures himself doing step-overs. It's absolutely ridiculous. Considering this is big, strong, scary Yerry Mina that we remember from pre-World Cup and then from the World Cup and then signing for Barcelona, Yerry Mina. Absolute, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I think they've just been... I, say, I think we've said this before. On paper, Everton have got quite a decent squad, quite a talented squad. And Ancelotti seemed to be getting something out of them, but then, yeah, they just unsettled constantly. And then, yeah, your likes of Tom Davis after coming. At one point, Tom Davis looked a decent player, but he doesn't seem to play in the middle of the park anymore. He's always stuck out in like a, a wide right kind of role. It doesn't seem to have got any better over the last couple of years either. I mean, he came on, burst on the scene, scoring against, was it Man City, when Pep was, you know, struggling to draft the league a little bit. Mm-hmm. And everyone thought there was going to be, you know, England's future midfield, but... Uh, Showing nothing like that sort of form. Yeah. Um, Daniel Podence for Wolves made his first start since signing for them. Uh, they had to get special permission to play him recently because he uh, went back to Greece uh, during the lockdown. So he had to f- quarantine for 14 days. Uh, absolute handful. and like, But not to the point where I don't think he'd be unmanageable because he did the same thing multiple times. like Running between two defenders. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, did you think it was a penalty? Let's we discuss this yes. while we can. Yeah, I thought it, it was. It, as it's well. your typical FIFA penalty, online game of FIFA penalty. Do a skill move in the penalty area. Someone's going to hit you. <laughs> this is what we expected Wilfred Zaha to be doing every weekend. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that hasn't happened more often. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. It, um, he did. He did clip him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's contact. It's going to be given. I, I, you know, um, but yeah, he, he literally was just running around, running around for fun. Uh, obviously, he benefited from Troy's injury, uh, although he was still on the bench. Uh, he, tr- excuse me, Troy did come on and take ten million pound off his transfer value uh, by hitting the post from four yard, uh, hitting the bar from four yards with an open net in front of him. Though, yeah, it's like he's got like shot power ninety nine for everything, and it, it just <laughs> just does it regardless of where he is. So. Yeah, he literally side-footed the ball onto the bar for four yards. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, young lad Bramthwaite, who Everton signed from Carlisle, uh, made his long-awaited debut, uh, came on at half-time, gave a free kick away with his first touch, uh, which led to Wolves' second goal. Yeah, not the best start from, was it? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, the only other note, really, I've got here is the pass for Wolves' third goal. Oh, from Nevers. Nevers. Oh, perfect, wasn't it? Just Wow, uh, and obviously Yotta just took it in a... I mean, Pickford, Pickford probably should have saved it. It was on his near post. But as we said, Pickford had another one where he tried to throw it into his own goal. Um, it's uh, He's going through a bit of a patch again, isn't he, where he's a bit insane. A bit insane. He's a bit insane. insane. <laughs> uh, what's your thoughts on Diego Yotta? <laughs> Some games you think, you know, this is... Someone who's absolutely lethal, and then he doesn't score for four months. Um, he just seems a bit inconsistent. Would you believe that Wolves fans really don't seem to like him? 
Why? Yeah, I don't get it either. You know, they're, they're what, fifth in the Premier League. Uh, I, I would argue he's probably not a striker. He, he's just, he benefits from his link-up play with him and his quite Yeah, it's, um, he's, he's, he's your, like, left forward, isn't he? It's, uh... but, yeah, but obviously living around here, um, and, and being growing up in Wolverhampton, I've got a few Wolves fans on my Facebook, and they absolutely rip him to pieces. God, I would never Every thought week. that. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I think we, I think we spoke about an, another player recently, like getting ripped to pieces by their own fans uh, and stuff like that. But yeah, Yotta, like I saw, I mean, a few players ripping the Yotta to pieces recently. I, mean, I was like, I mean, what? what? What do they want? Like, will you move back? Like, is that is that the future? <laughs> is that the future for Wolves? Is he like an ambassador for Wolves? He was there oh. for like a couple of weeks. Scottish international Chris. But yeah, yeah. Didn't he? He had crack at management, didn't he? In Scotland, sure he did. I'll be honest. I haven't followed his career particularly highly since since he missed that open goal against. I'm sure he popped up on Sports News recently, like and as like some kind of club ambassador or something. I mean, he's waiting for Matt Murray to slip up, then he can slide in as Sky's Wolves correspondent. But until Matt Murray does that, he's second fiddle. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, not much else to discuss from the Davidson game. So everything got nothing to play for at the moment, I suppose. Uh, you know, Wolves are still within a, a chance of the Europa League. So they're still in the Europa League as well. So uh, you fancy them to win it, though, don't you? The way they're playing at the moment. Yeah, unfortunately for them, so Man United, um, who are also playing rather well at the moment. So mm-hmm. you'd love to see that as a, as a can it be a final? I didn't take any notice of the draw when it came out, but uh, you'd uh, love to. Like, yeah, I quite, think it can be. You'd quite like that to happen, wouldn't you? Yeah, it'd be quite interesting. Uh, Sunday's next game then. Aston Villa gave their, well, you'd say gave their relegation hopes a, a, a bit of a boost, winning 2-0, but all the clubs around them have been winning as well. Yeah. Uh, beating Palace. Uh, I suppose the most notable thing about this is uh, a 12-year-old boy was arrested for racially abusing Wilfred Zahn. Uh, have you seen the messages? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it's horrendous, isn't it? Wow. I know. But... He's twelve, and you can't condone what he's done. But it, you know, it doesn't stop with him. Like you've got to question his parents, things like that. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of where society is right now, isn't it? Like they didn't see, people don't think they think there's any rules. Um, and it was before the game, so you can't. I, I I don't for a second believe that Wilfred Zaha is the first player he has done this to. Well, that'll be interesting to see, wouldn't it? If he's if he's done this lots of times, yeah. and if anything, um, he's going to make him more angry and more want to score. Zaha probably wouldn't have scored anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's an odd thing to do, isn't it? It's like, it doesn't, doesn't get his motivation whatsoever. Uh, Villa did have a bit of a helping hand in the build-up to this game, though. Uh, Courtney House injured himself in, tr- in the warm-up, uh, so that probably saved him a, a few clangers at the back. <laughs> um, they they put uh, Consa from right back uh, into um, into centre back and uh, El Mahamadi came in to replace him. Um, Sacco, the goal that should have been given, but the stupid new handball rule that apparently they'd already clarified. Even Jack Grealish thought this was a goal. Well, it looked a goal, didn't it? But mm-hmm. as we as we discussed the other week, this new handball law is uh, taking some getting used to. But even under the new definition, where they they were saying, I think it was last week we were talking about it, saying that if it hits from like the the, the bit in your t-shirt where the stitches would be mm. at, at, at your shoulder, from there down. But like Palace's shirt just happens to have a blue stripe on the on you on your, on the top of your shoulder, and it, it clearly hit that. At first, I thought it actually hit him on the back. 
Yeah, I mean, it didn't look like a header in real time. Um, you kind of knew it'd come off something, but. But if you give it as a handball, it's. Oh no! It's uh, it? it's, oh, it's, it's just daft. But yeah, I say uh, that was disallowed after I think it was about seven minutes, uh, and then there was a bit of handbags uh, when uh, Tyrone Mings and Wilfred Zaha decided to have uh, uh, a bit of afters. Uh, Jack Grealish diving. Jack Grealish hasn't really come out of this lockdown with any uh, <laughs> any enhanced reputation, has he? It's, uh, that, that hairdo, it's enough, isn't it? He's, uh, he's he hasn't played particularly well. Um, he. It's coming for some, for some, uh, come in for some criticism for holding on to the ball for too long. Um, he, he had nothing to do with either goal here. And as you say, the penalty, I mean, he's, he's basically gone looking for Van Aanholt, hasn't he? End up standing on him. You're very similar to an incident in midweek. Remind me. Oh, the... Uh, is it the, the Fernandez one? No? Yes. Yes, the yeah, well, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. But that was obviously given and not overturned, even though the Premier League came out and said that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So this one, in this instance, it was overturned. I don't recall Grealish being booked, though. No, I think well, that's um... he didn't really appeal. Yes, he dived like he'd been shot, <laughs> but the, the the penalty was given that quickly. He didn't really get a chance to appeal for it. I suppose watching it in slow motion makes it look a hundred times worse. Though. Well, yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, and Christian Benteke got sent off after the final whistle for kick. Kicking out at the player, yeah. Well, yeah. Miss. I know. Yeah, I saw this sort of brewing towards the end of the game. He had, I can't remember who it was with now. He had, he had an argument with somebody, and then it finished the game. I think Sky went to advert and came back and showed him being sent off. I was like, yeah, right, <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah, I, he's I, always I, had a good sense of timing. Yeah, abs- absolute madness. Maybe he just didn't fancy, fancy pre, bit of pre-season, isn't it? Get, get my knowledge, you know. Because uh, obviously his season's over now. Because he'll get a free match ban. And I wonder if that was his plan all along. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He's thinking, do you know what? I won't get sent off in the game in case it costs us some points. I'll wait till the whistle's gone and then just randomly kick somebody. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, Dave, I don't want to talk about this next game. Um, yeah, I didn't think you would. It was going so well, though. I mean, yeah, he went one alone. For about 90 seconds, yeah. yeah uh, but... So, yeah, uh, the first Premier League North London derby took place at the Toilet Bowl Stadium. Um, <laughs> it wasn't the first North London derby because Arsenal women uh, went and planted their flag there uh, shortly after it opened. Um, oh, God. Uh, Pepe came in for Saka, uh, which was expected, to be fair. A few, a few people had murmured it was going to happen. Uh, Arteta just, you know, saving Saka a little bit uh, from potentially expect. I probably expected this game to be a little meatier than it was. Although the referee ran around with fucking blindfold on for most of it. <laughs> uh, Alexander Lacazette uh, capitalised on some. Arsenal were brilliant for the. Well, I won't say brilliant. Arsenal played really well throughout most of the game. To be fair, uh, and Lacazette scored an absolute cracker. Uh, considering he hadn't scored an away goal for, for months and months, he's now got two in a week. Um, but then uh, Kolasinac decided, oh, do you know what, this game's a bit too easy. Let's just put, put them through, shall we? Uh, and, <laughs> and gifted the ball to Son. Uh, interestingly enough, David Luiz got the blame for this all over social media. I don't think uh, there was much he could have done apart from bring him down. No, nah, it was a weird pass, wasn't it? It was uh, Kolasinac just kind of played it blind, didn't he? And uh, that was it. Son, uh, fought multiple times in this game. Uh, Son took it well, but Klasnach is 
Not a centre back, is he? Yeah, no, not at all. Great finish, absolute great finish uh, from Son. Uh, you know, uh, Emi Martinez, I admit, did kind of keep us in it. He made a few saves, especially uh, early on. We looked at, let's say, um, Krasnack made a, f- a few ricks. But yeah, David Luiz got all the hate online. I'm thinking there was absolutely nothing he could do in that instance. He got wrong footed by the pass. The only thing he could have done is try to slide across him, and then he he, he brings Son down, gives away a penalty, and gets sent off. And we still go, it still goes to one one. Uh, but after that point, I generally don't think Dispers deserve to win this game. Arsenal just could not finish them off. Um, Lloris made a couple of decent saves, uh, one especially from Abamyang later on. Uh, Abamyang hit the bar. Um, Harry Winks, how he fuck motherfucker must not get birthday cards because he doesn't get any yellow cards. I mean, how lucky are we to live in an era where we have Harry Winks and Eric Dyer in the same England team? Like, it's... Uh, this, he's, he, I don't know what he does. He's awful. He pulls people backwards all <laughs> game. Or he, him and that fucking Basuma cunt at Brighton. <laughs> fucking awful players. Like, Spurs, Spurs fans go on, like, Harry Winks, he's like the new Michael Carrick, who wasn't that good. Um, you know, but he's England's greatest central midfielder uh, and stuff like that. Like no, he was terrible in this game. Him and Lo Celso were both shit, and probably both should have been sent off. Uh, and yeah, yet they, the, they came the, the away Cel- with a fucking win. I can't believe it. I'm uh, Lo Celso's your typical Argentinian, like he just likes a foul, often meaningless, but you know, always yeah. cynical. It was Michael Oliver was the referee for this game, wasn't it? And he he was absolutely shocking. <laughs> um, so you're not happy, not happy then in general? No, not really. I, I say also. I thought we played quite well. We should have killed them off, you yeah. know, and we've conceded from a set piece again, which this, this is what Mourinho does, though, doesn't he? Like, watching that Spurs game against Bournemouth the other day, I was thinking, like, bloody hell, this North London derby could be quite quite good fun. But then also you think, oh, mate, you never know. You know form goes out the window, doesn't it? You know, and Spurs quite clearly, after having no shots on target... Uh, had more shots on target in this game than they had in the last four games combined. <laughs> uh, probably because we were helping them with most of them. Um, but yeah, Mourinho, this is what Mourinho does. He, he he knows how to get results in big games. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's quite telling that only Villa and Norwich have conceded more from set pieces this season than, than Arsenal. And you could tell that Mourinho would obviously research that because he. That set piece was perfect, absolutely perfectly played. There was not much we could do. Just you know, it was a, just a well done set piece. You know, Arsenal switched off ever so slightly. Uh, interesting. If Spurs came to life after going two one up, uh, they probably could have scored another two directly afterwards because Arsenal obviously go chasing the win, uh, well chasing the equaliser at least. And uh, uh, yeah, so Spurs were as bad as us for, for for not finishing the game off. But yeah, I think we had like seventy odd percent of the possession. Uh, and stuff like that just just could just could not put them to the sword. You know, Marino didn't make a substitution until like the 80th minute, and they were turgid. Like I, I, I for some reason, I seem to follow quite a few Spurs fans uh, on social media, and if they it, up until it was two one, they were screwing. Like this is the worst. They they were screwing more than against Bournemouth the other night. That's well, that's, that's how poor I, well, I and obviously they thought Spurs were in this game. Well. We'll put it right for you on Wednesday when we play Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So if, yeah, if, if they can go back to the Bournemouth Spurs, that'd be great. Um, yeah, it's like 
I, I'm not happy with the result because I, I, I don't think our play uh, deserved it. I don't go. I've, I've seen us play terribly this <laughs> season and since the restart. But that was actually one of our better. Perf- that was probably better no, than you, most, you were, most of our performances, even oh, the Bills game. You weren't bad at all. No, um, it's a hard one to take. Tough one to take. That's what derbies are like, isn't it? And Mikel, yeah. like, even he said the players were like were angry because they had dominated the game. They they played the game was played at, at our tempo to, in our our manner, and we yeah throwing it say throw it away is, is difficult. But I suppose in a way because of the Klashnak era, it's seen as thrown away. Because if that doesn't go in, it's it's a complete. I think if that goal doesn't go in, it's a completely different game. I think we'd have no. killed them off by half time. The longest is one nil, as you say, even better than. Uh... It's hard to see Spurs come back, but obviously that goal gives them a lift and the rest mm. is history. Can Mourinho do anything with that Spurs team, apart from strangle the life out of it? Well, I just don't... It just doesn't seem like a good fit at all. It's just lots of what were once young, talented players being you know, strangled to death, as you say. Um, it doesn't sound like it's a particularly happy camp. We had we sat on this show last week watching Spurs players shout at each other. Um, the kind of seem to have kissed and made up since then, but I think there's there's the two Belgians don't want to sign contracts. Um, the two centre backs, so um, you can wonder how many others are looking at the exit door with yeah, Mourinho. Well, has, has signed a new deal now, hasn't he? Oh, has he? Oh, right. Yeah, he 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 signed one just. Uh, I think it was during the lockdown. Uh, he, he he's staying. Uh, but yeah, Harry Kane just apart from when Arsenal defenders were giving him the ball, uh, although he, he did outpace Mustafi, which was uh, and then Mustafi tackled fresh air. Like ten yards <laughs> behind him, which was a, a little bit strange. He needs a haircut because he looks old at the minute. But, that, yeah, that's my only observation of him, really. But he looks very ponderous. Yes. Like, just, just, yeah, I, 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 I don't think that system does him any favours at all, uh, except for you know, unless Mourinho just wants him to counter attack. Because obviously, then that works against us because I say the way, especially when they went two one up. We had to then try and get an equaliser, and that's when Spurs did look at their best. But even then, you could tell everything's not right. That chance when Son went through, if he'd have played in Kane, they'd have been 3 1 up. Yes, yeah. But Son, for some reason, doesn't play it to one of the best finishes in the country. <laughs> so, you know, well, I'm not sure what that's all about. But uh, yeah, I think that puts them above us now in the chase for eighth place. Well, it means nothing now, does it? That's the, that's the thing now. The Euro- European football has basically been taken away from both of the clubs. Uh, although the way uh, Leicester are playing at the moment. Uh, well, all, all of a sudden, Wolves, who you know, had pretty much as a lock-in for Europe, are sixth with 55 points. Mm-hmm. Um, three points out of Spurs. Eighth with 52. Yeah, I think Arsenal just go for the FA Cup now. Right I think that's... Well, that, I, I, I suppose the funny, th- the funny thing is, if you win the FA Cup, then seventh won't even get Europe. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I think I think our focus should be the FA Cup now. Although we have to play Man City. Yeah, it could be could be an easier game, couldn't it? Right. Uh, talking of Bournemouth and Leicester, then um, I didn't even bother watching this game, Dave, because I thought there's no absolutely no no well, point. Well, for, for an hour, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I put it on on my computer while I was watching some Ubisoft thing. Uh, and 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 literally paying no attention to the TV. Uh, Jamie Vardy opened the scoring for Leicester, uh, and then the Brendan Rodgers effect. Um, yeah, um, it all kind of went wrong in about a minute and a half. Uh, yeah. Stanley scoring a penalty after 
<laughs> and he said Peter Schmeichel he might as well have been that's uh, it like, when you put this in perspective you say what happened here well Leicester winning and then Leicester had a goal kick which the goalkeeper smashed into the, into the midfielder's arse <laughs> yeah. Bournemouth got the pen from that and then pretty much from the kickoff, no goal Solanke ran through down the left had a shot which the keeper should have saved went through him <laughs> just about trickle in the bottom corner in doing so the best centre back had a scrap with the with the Bournemouth striker, got sent off, and then lost four one. Like yeah. just a series of incompetent events. It was absolutely madness. Leicester have not won away since New Year's Day. Do you know who they last beat away from? I, 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 I do, but let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, there was a mix up for the, for the opener. Uh, Nathan Aki went off in. Uh, yeah, so Bournemouth were t- sketchy at the back for that opener. Um, Aki then went off. It, <laughs> Sketchy. Injured. Sketchy when Lloyd Kelly tried to do a back heel off the line and missed Is that who it was? I didn't recognise him. I think it was Lloyd Kelly. I mean, he's basically a left back who's having to play a centre back. Ah, uh, okay. It did make sense because the two. I, saw, I just saw the two defenders slide into each other. Oh, it was um, so bad. Uh, and then, yeah, Schmeichel just decided he'd had enough and would liven up the season. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, kicking the ball into Indeedy so Indeedy gets sent off. Uh, at one point, it looked like Schmeichel had been booked for giving away the penalty. Um, uh, to be fair, I'd given him the yellow card myself. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, Solanke's goal. After spending weeks talking about those wrists of cash for Schmeichel. I know. They didn't turn to Chris Packett. Uh, he didn't have leg day either, did he? I it was uh... oh, so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what was Solanke doing? Oh, this it? wasn't like, even a VAR decision. The referee, the referee was stood right next to him. Yeah, they like, got oh, just kick him, kick him really hard in the leg. Yeah, yeah. And then, Great. The deflection for the third goal from Stanislas's shot. So you can't really blame um, anybody for that, uh, you know, apart from Johnny Evans. Well, Evan Okoku tried. Nothing about it. Evan Okoku was blaming Johnny Evans for everything. He's like, ah, <laughs> he's had a really poor game tonight. I'm like, well, his mate already in the bath. Surely you'd blame him for this, but never mind. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, and then uh, Solanke doubled his Premier League tally uh, by probably not making Schmeichel from the angle. Lo- lovely feet to take it round. Uh, pooled, I think it was Ryan Bennett or maybe Johnny Evans again, whoever it was. Um, yeah, I mean, a goal makes you very confident, obviously, but there's surely a limit to that. But yeah, this this is Brendan Rodgers all over, though, isn't it? No plan B, absolutely no plan B. I don't, I saw I, th- I, I don't understand where we, where it came from, though. I saw him throw, throw, an, uh, throw an iron after under the bus as well. He was asked why he took him off at half-time. He's like, ah, well, you know, he wasn't playing that well, so I just took him off and put Perez up front. He's like, all right, don't try and save the guys there. <laughs> Didn't he set up the opener? Oh, yeah, he did, yeah, but, you know. <laughs> just, just, yeah, he wasn't having the best game. All right, okay, Brendan, fine. Because yeah, who in that Leicester team was? Uh, absolutely capitulated. You know the fact that you look at it and Bournemouth scored four goals. When Bournemouth were two-one up, it was being considered a major shock. Uh, the fact that that all happened in a hundred and one seconds and there was a red card in the middle of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I just don't get it. Uh, no. After all that, you know, obviously Bournemouth needed that result because again, everyone around them had won. Um, but they're still them and Villa, I think them and Villa are, are looking like they could be down at the moment. Well, I mean, if, if Bournemouth had lost this, they were gone because they've got Man City away on Wednesday. It must be. Um, they're not going to win that. 
and it was the greatest will in the world. I don't care how good Dominic Slanky all of a sudden is. They're, they're not going to win away at Man City. Um, and to add further problems for them, West Ham are playing Watford. So I think they need one of those teams to win for sure because a draw obviously puts both teams four points ahead of them, um, which won't do them any heart, any favours. So, yeah, not uh, not great. Yeah. Um, I saw people calling this the shocking result of the season. But then when you look at Leicester's away form, it's not really, is it? Because they've, they've been on the decline for a couple of weeks now. Uh, well, obviously more than a couple of weeks. And yet they're still in the top four. Uh, obviously, Chelsea can breathe a sigh of relief from this as well. And, but Man United must be you know, absolutely licking their, their lips at the moment. Well, I said, hold on to this result. They've got now they'll go third. It's mad, isn't it? Considering uh, the Liverpool and Man United team rather that have, have had a bit of a kick in this season, they've literally just hit form at exactly the right time, while their rivals just fall, fall apart. It's probably well, that's the best it. way to put it. I mean, they finally start, you know, beating teams at home again, which did become wouldn't say easy to play against. Teams were going to Old Trafford with you know increasing regularity and coming away with a point. Um, but since Fernandez has come, they're, they're, they're just a different team now, aren't they? Yeah, Leicester one winning six would yeah literally would fall out of the top four. They say, well, they will fall out. Right, well, that's Southampton are giving it a good one. So yeah, Man United currently two one up. Uh, but yeah, Southampton have had their chances. I mean, you have to say the good news is the last day of the season is Leicester, Man United, and Wolves, Chelsea or Chelsea Wolves rather. Yeah, um, that, that's quite. A tough I mean, season. that's you know at least it should all be in each team's own hands unless you know anything. Do a Leicester, so to speak. <laughs> I say Sheffield United and Spurs. Uh, so oh, I, I won't go down as far as Arsenal because then I've got to put Burnley in the mix as well. Um, but yeah, those those top seven. Players. So we're looking at so seventh at the at the moment. Seventh gets you a European place, doesn't it? As long as Arsenal don't win the cup, yeah. Okay, uh, but then what happens if Man City win the cup? It goes to seventh. Oh, it still goes to seventh. Okay. Yeah. You are looking at the possibility of Manchester United or, or Wolves winning the Europa League as well. I don't think that will affect the league positions, though. I think um, I don't think it goes down to eight, and that uh, eight, well, I don't think it goes down to the league players in that scenario. They just get in as as Europa League winners. Okay. Um, well, they go into the Champions League, don't they? Yes. So yeah. They go into the Champions League. But, as, but, as but a, I, I don't. But I don't think we get another another spot as a result because we'll we'll slide like the, the max number of European places or something. Look, I'm, Dave, I'm just trying to get Arsenal into Europe. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. Leicester's last three games. Sheffield United, obviously, right up there with them. Yeah. Um, then they go to Tottenham, who are just behind them. And then they finish with, finish with Man United. So. Okay, so if they could win one of those games, preferably the one in the middle, um, <laughs> I don't really care about the other two. Uh, yes, the, the race for seventh is on. Um, yeah, I'll take seventh with Spurs finishing eighth. That's absolutely fine. Uh, for me, what have we got uh, midweek wise then? Let's try and switch here. So, Chelsea Norwich tomorrow, so that's a dead rubber for well, I suppose Chelsea, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Newcastle win on Wednesday, Dave. Well, Mourinho has never won uh, a league game at St James's Park. Excellent. Uh, oh, shit, I've just seen the, the 8 o'clock game for Wednesday. Uh, you and the boys? Yeah, yeah, great. Great. After a whole season of saying how bad it's <laughs> been. A 5-0 win at the Emirates for them. We'll probably wrap it all up on here. 
I can't see it. I mean, I think. I, I mean, I think we'll. Uh, sorry, to say, I think we'll probably win. But uh... Dave, in recent weeks, we've sat here and we've slagged off Dominic Solanke, who is now on fire. Mm. Uh, we moaned about Jamie Vardy losing his touch, and he's scored in every game since. Uh, we've slagged off Mikel Antonio, uh, who scored four goals at the weekend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think, well, I had a good. I had a good Jesus, didn't I? And uh, yeah. and he's got he's got two and two now. So. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not, not looking forward to it. Yeah, Leicester Sheffield United looks like an inter- interesting one there. Uh, next weekend's fixture. Oh, Spurs Leicester, yeah. So I'll be uh, going and buying out my uh, Jamie Vardy's having a party t-shirt. Uh, you boys are... Ooh. Okay. Oh, is it FA Cup this weekend by any chance? It is, isn't it? Yeah, so the game is spread like, across like the whole the whole weekend into the, into the midweek. Oh god, yeah, because there's only f- there's three games on Monday. We will have to see what to do about. Because, oh god, yeah, because it does. The games go Saturday. Well, no, Friday to Wednesday. Oh god, right, we'll sort something out maybe. Uh, please, sir, thank you very much for joining me. Please pimp your socials. Uh, so my, you can find me on Twitter at cm9798, and the website is cm9798.co.uk. Excellent. Thank you very much. You can find us at Man on the Post, uh, and that is it, really. Uh, anything else you want to discuss before we go? Uh, no, I think we've covered everything off there, and uh, I say there's only a few weeks to go, so may as well make the most of these times while we have them, Chris. Yeah, definitely. I am going to go and uh, cheer on Southampton for the rest of this game. I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody, everybody, but all the teams from third to sixth uh, is going to be my. Uh, my, my supporting this week for the next two weeks now. Uh, yeah, so thank you very much for joining me, Dave. Uh, and that is it. Always remember to keep your man on the road.